0: Hello, everyone. My name is Rick. Rick van Bruggen from NeoTechnology. And uh, here I am again recording another episode for the Grafistania podcast. And tonight I'm joined by uh, Caleb Jones, all the way from Seattle in the US. Uh, welcome, Caleb. Thanks, Rick. It's great I, to be here. I asked you how to pronounce your name, and I, now I, I make a mistake. I'm very sorry. Oh, that's Caleb, right. <laughs> I apologize. Um, so, Caleb. Um, why don't you introduce yourself? You've been very active in the community, in, in your blog and everything. But it, w- it will be good for you to uh, introduce yourself to our audience, if you don't mind.
1: Sure. Um, yeah. And, and again, thanks for the opportunity to kind of sit down and chat. Um, I've been kind of uh, involved in the the, the graph uh, space for for years now. Um, my introduction to it actually did come through Neo4j. That was kind of my first intro into the the, the space. Oh, um, also. Focus a lot on doing graph analysis, um, and as you mentioned, you know, I run a, a blog. I run all, a blog called AllThingsGraph.com where I post some of those analysis. It's really a, a labor of love. Uh, I'm not getting paid to do it at all. It's it's just a way for me to kind of just express what I'm exploring and some of the insights I, as I play around with with the craft space.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I'm, I'm like you mentioned, I'm in the Seattle area. Uh, professionally, I work as a
0: Software engineer.
1: Now, recently, a, a software architect for uh, for Walt Disney Company.
0: Excellent, excellent. So yeah, and I, I've been reading your graph, your All Things Graph um, blog for quite some time. Uh, you've done some amazing uh, posts on there that I really enjoyed reading. Uh, you know, uh, do, do you mind telling us a little bit about some of those uh, experiments? I, I'm a particular sure. fan about the antonym synonym pathways uh, thing, uh, but you know, <laughs> there's a lot of other interesting things. Yeah.
1: So, uh, and if if you don't mind, I just kind of dive right into, you know, what kind of led me to do that yes. initially. Yeah. Um, really what, so I mentioned Neo4j kind of turned me into the graph space, kind of opened the door. Uh, and then I ran across this, this essay uh, called uh, Science and Complexity that Warren Weaver wrote. And he wrote it back in the mid-20th century. And it kind of lays out these these epochs of science. Um, he calls problem of um You know, simplicity where you have one element acting on another. Problem of disorganized complexity where now you're looking at things at system level, but not in terms of the interactions of uh, pieces in there. But then also a problem of organized complexity. And so this is mid mid 20th century, and he says, well, problem of organized complexity is really what we're going to need in order to start addressing things like the complexities of you know medical psychological biological political economic sciences and he saw as a kind of a blocker towards us starting to really explore those um, you know those problems of organized complexity the compute resources so again this is back in mid 20th century 1948 and he's seeing how there's this kind of new form of scientific scientific exploration and analysis that once we have computational power that's up to the task, we'll be able to start diving into. And to me, that just screams graphs, right? Um, You have graphs that they're really designed around that concept of elements and their relationships or interactions with each other. And then as you start building up that graph and then start doing network-wide or graph-wide analysis, you start to have these insights um, and so it's really I, that kind of that turned on a light bulb for me and I said wow you start seeing graphs everywhere uh, and I said well you know I've started writing some tools uh, and some code that allows me to do these kinds of analysis and um, so I don't have to write you know code every single time and that's really what led me to well, I'll start blogging about this as I start playing around so that's what kind of led me to how I got here how I got exposed to graphs and, and why I'm where I'm coming from in, in my blog. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. And in, in one of some of the experiments, you know, you, you've done some really interesting experiments. Well, what's your favorite one that you've done so far, if you don't mind? Yeah, so. Elaborating a little bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. So, I try to keep a variety. I mean, I don't
1: want to do the same analysis over and over again. So, I try to use different sorts of data sets and different topics. Uh, and so, I've gone away from kind of a, a microscopic, where I did one on, uh, you know. Protein interactions of budding yeast, and then even kind of looked at well, what do some of those molecules look like. And right, a molecule is a graph, right? You have atoms that have certain kinds of connections to each other, right? And uh, and then molecules interactions, that's a graph, and so forth. And you build up, and then all the way up to my, my favorite one was the uh, the stellar uh, interstellar network uh, navigation using graph analysis, and that one was a a, a real Challenge, But also a real joy to do because uh, astronomy is a big life passion of mine. And so that was a really interesting intersection of uh, a lifelong passion and technical skill set at the right matched up with the right data set.
0: And, and so that was that was my favorite one. That's the one that you presented at GraphConnect, I think, right? And there's a video about yeah, that yeah. And everything. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, very cool. And it's funny that you mentioned this um, protein interaction. Uh, uh, that was actually one of the first projects that got me into uh, you know, more of a, of a practical Neo4j insight as well. There was a, a research group here at the University of Ghent that was doing uh, metaproteomics, uh, uh, protein-protein interaction analysis for beer yeasts, <laughs> And, mm-hmm. and uh, that's that's one of the first interactions that I've had as well. So uh, it's funny that you mentioned yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. So, so 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 I think you've already touched a little bit on you know why is it so 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 um, so powerful, or so interesting for you? It's about it's all about dealing with this complexity, I suppose. But are there any particular things that you really really uh, enjoy about graphs that you don't find in other data structures or? or, or? Um, Yeah, so one thing that I really
1: enjoy about graphs in particular is it starts to address these kind of topological questions. And what I mean by that is uh, when you start analyzing a graph and its features, you really start to get insight into the emergent properties of that data set or that system. Uh, And so, for instance, in an an economic graph or network, what you would start to see is key brokers of transactions in that network uh, and then there's examples like you know eBay using that for fraud detection and things like that you um, know the medical sciences I've mentioned that that, that uh, post I did on uh, budding yeast proteins and their interactions you can start to tease out what are some of these key proteins that are involved and when you look at look at that it turns out that, that that's kind of a fundamental building block that you see across different kind of types of life and, and so that's the sort of insight that when you're only looking at an individual protein in that in that instance and then only its immediate connections you're not going to get that kind of an insight mm-hmm. versus when you start looking at networks and doing things like page rank analysis betweenness centrality
0: scoring and and, and so forth you can look at, like, system-wide effects, right? You can look at the, the entire right. interaction rather than just the local interaction, I suppose.
1: Right. And you start getting emergent properties that in some interesting ways aren't necessarily strictly reducible to any one element in the network, right? It's really an
0: attribute of the network as a whole super interesting and, and then so many practical applications as well i mean uh, you know as you know I, I work for for neo as a as a as a commercial guy right as a salesperson i see so many applications you know in business and uh, you know from logistics to financials to cancer research you know there's so many applications of this stuff it's 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 really quite uh, quite uh, amazing yeah <laughs> super um so so um Maybe one, one last question, if you don't mind, you know, where do you think this is going or where do you want it to go? Or where do you want to take it uh, yourself? You know, what, what, what does the future hold, Caleb? Yeah, so, I mean, it's
1: hard for any of us to say, but uh, I, I think graphs are really poised to start being a tool that can be used to answer or provide some sharpness. Uh, to our answers of some really big questions, um, uh, it was one of the kind of key things I talked about at the, the last uh, the, that Graph Connect presentation in San Francisco is finding what are the big questions that we want answers to uh, in these different areas, whether it's you know astronomy or biology, um, you know taxonomies like word, you know I find in WordNet, I've done a few analyses on Wikipedia. You know, what are some of these big questions that we can start answering? And how can we use graphs to sharpen our answers to those questions? That's what I kind of see coming out as we start using graphs more and more. Uh, for me personally, um, I know uh, you know, in the last couple months I've uh, haven't been been posting on my blog. I have a few that are kind of building up. Um, uh, one is a I've actually started scraping um, political candidates' websites and starting to look at those. Um, this but I don't is the want to, to look- do it, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> Um, but I, I want to do a new kind of an analysis where I'm starting to scrape the topology of those connections, but also the content, and then do the analysis, and then do uh, produce word clouds that are segmented based on that analysis to really kind of tease out what are these, what what are these, what does the language really tell us about these candidates? Um, and so that's one thing that's kind of on the horizon for me. Um, on the uh, astronomy side, um, I actually got my hands on a data set uh, from a um, universe kind of simulation uh, from a colleague from the Los Alamos National Laboratory and uh, and basically try to replicate the same sort of analysis I did previously on a stellar network, but do it at a galactic simulation level. Uh, so that's another thing that's kind of next on the horizon oh. for me. <laughs> Yeah,
0: that, that'll be something big. Wow. I actually talked to someone from NASA a, a couple of months ago that was using Neo4j as well, so it uh-huh. <laughs> was uh, super interesting as well. Anyway, um, uh, Caleb, I think uh, we're going to wrap up here. I, I really appreciate you uh, coming online and, and talking to me about uh, all of this wonderful stuff. Uh, I'll, I'll make sure we have uh, enough links to all of your great articles uh, sure. in the transcription uh, when we publish it, so thanks a lot. Really appreciate it, and uh, I I hope to uh, meet you at some future uh, graph connect. Yes, definitely. Thanks for taking the time. Cheers, man. Bye. Bye.